Pull up a bar stool. Hey, we're back. And uh, I'm going to have JR, backup CEO, business manager, on once again. And um, I'm going to crack open some uh, gutter water, pretty much. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, you know, you know the, uh, the drill when JR is on, we talk business for the most part. But you want to talk a little Facebook ads today as well. So it'll be a good one. It'll be fun. Sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumber.com and John Lumber Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where we invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media and entrepreneurship and stuff. This this is uh yeah this is the third time in a row I think. Jr. How's it going, Jr.? It's going amazing. Amazing. You're always so positive. So that, that's how we bounce each other out. I'm like, like screw this. This sucks. Today I'm positive because what I'm going to share that I'm drinking, I'm excited about because I haven't had one in a long time. So. Oh, what is it? Well, you have to say what you're drinking first. No, that's not how it works. Actually, I ask you what you're drinking. All right. Well, I'm going to crack it open right now. That's what I was going to do too. Did you hear that? I did. <laughs> I, would, I wonder if we're drinking the same thing. <laughs> no. No. So, old mill red. No, I love this bar because this bar has sun kissed. Oh, stop drinking a sun kissed. I haven't had a sun kissed in so long. All right, so it sounds legit. I'm drinking a Coors Light. (laughs) Oh man, I've still been, you know, this shows though. That I don't drink beer the way I used to because I've been in the bottom of the barrel uh, in our beer collection, whatever, for the last I feel like two months, and because uh, I I've, I'm, I'm getting old. Like I was talking, telling you before this, you know, my my tastes are kind of changing. I'm not a big big beer guy anymore, which is I know I'm kind of ashamed of saying that since this is the pubcast, but uh, like I'm starting to enjoy like a glass of red wine, you know, maybe because I'm I'm turning into a snob. And getting old. And getting old. And getting. But uh, I, I want you to hear. I want to hear if this this mic picks up this sound. This is this a commercial for Sunkiss? <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to taste this because it sounded fantastic. See, now you're making me thirsty since I'm working on this uh, gutter water. I've got <laughs> All right, cheers. 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 Mm, oh. Sugar. See, that's funny because mine tastes like college. Yours probably tastes like childhood. That's it tastes stuff. like childhood. You know what? That might be one of the best slogans for Sunkissed. Mm. It tastes like childhood. Mm-hmm. You better call them. Let them know. I'll, I'll call them. All right, man. So anyone who's not familiar uh, with JR's on, we don't talk Facebook ad stuff. Uh, John doesn't know. JR doesn't know the damn thing about Facebook ads. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, he's, you've been my backup CEO, business manager, whatever we call it, uh, really pretty much unofficially and officially since this thing started for the most part. 
so we talk business. We talk, we talk about uh, you know the things we go through as as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as solopreneurs, since that seems to be the new buzzword. Uh, but you t- typically take the wheel, so I can be lazy. I don't have to prepare anything, and uh, hopefully you got something prepared. What we got going today? Absolutely, I have something prepared, and I'll add a couple other buzzwords in the entrepreneurial world. Wannapreneur. They say wannapreneur, as you said, solopreneur. Yeah. And there's probably another one I can't remember. So, so yeah, I want to break the rule a little bit. Uh-oh. And you said, I don't talk Facebook, but I am going to ask you about this because somebody asked me about this this week and I didn't have a good answer. So my first question to you <laughs> is why does Facebook exist? Um, uh, I mean, look, there, there are lots of reasons, but I think the, the primary reason is the hole that's filled for a lot of people. Um, but I think it started out as connection. Well, actually, it mm-hmm. started out as connection on a very local scale. So connect, okay. connecting with um, fellow college students and looking at their photos and rating them and all that kind of crap. Uh, and then it broadened out to connecting with college kids from other colleges that you wouldn't otherwise have been able to do very easily than the high school kids and then the old people. So. But for me, and I think for most people, and why it became so popular, it's because I reconnected with people I assumed I would never hear from again from my childhood. Right? So people from 20 years ago, 30 years ago, even longer ago, uh, that is just, it's insanity to be able to see what's going on in their lives and see how they change and they got kids and it's craziness. Um, so I think that's that's a big part of it. That's but then it's, again, it's morphing more and more because that's, that's the way it was, and now it's still that. Although I think it's becoming more of a place to consume information. Mm-hmm. Right. So the problem with it maturing as a platform is that I, I'm one example, but most people are like this. You've got friends from all corners of your life, or not just friends, but acquaintances. acquaintances business, uh, co-workers, whatever. And uh, so that, that kind of dulls what you end up talking about and what you end up sharing and uh, creates ripe place for arguments and disagreements and depression and all that stuff. And then, but then it's where you collect news and information where that really wasn't the case in the beginning because in the beginning you weren't Again, I'm trying to remember what it looked like, but I don't believe we were even sharing links. It was just, it was, I think it was just text, photo. I don't know. I got to go back and look. But um, so it's changed a lot. And yeah, I would say that now today it is, it's almost 50-50. 50, 50% where you consume news and information and where you connect with friends and family and stuff. So I, I'll add another C because I, I agree with you. It, in the beginning, and I watched the Facebook movies and documentaries and all that, and yet it was about connection. And then now it is, as you said, it's about consumption of content, and it's about collection of data information, and it's still a bit about connection too. So how have you evolved your participation? Because I know you – to be 
kind of a nerd. You don't. You oh, don't wow. really, you're not really an. You're not really an extrovert, and you you like to kind of keep to yourself. So, well, here, how did you how did you use Facebook in the in years ago and now about on your personal life? It is way different, and that's kind of the beauty of on this day. I check on this day. I try every single morning, um, where it shows you know what you posted or what was posted about you on this day in prior years, mm-hmm. and um, you say I, I'm an introvert, but. This, at least on f- Facebook, I was I was real I was definitely extroverted, all the way through, at least you know maybe three years ago, and um, there there's definitely been a pretty abrupt change for me. <laughs> well, and I also think it's a maturing as well because it's like I can't I'm kind of surprised by some of the things I posted, not even that long ago. Um, I feel like I'm all grown grows up now, but. Um, yeah, it used to be, it was really 99% social for me. It really, really was. It was a party place for me. Um, and, and just sharing this off the wall, like what kind of ridiculous things can we share today? And, and, you know, playing some games on Facebook with friends and, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't do any of that anymore. Um, and now I feel like every time I post anything, it's, it's serious and which is kind of a, the way the world has evolved too, but it's also kind of how I, I think it's also a combination of um, how the world evolved. I'm getting older, but also that again, I've got these friends from all corners that it just seems so combustible. Like I, I'm, I'm scared about what I'm, I should post kind of thing. Like I don't mm. I want to, I don't want to post anything that's business related. That's going to be annoying to me. I used to do that way in the beginning, which was back then it kind of made sense because it was like, oh, this cute little fun thing I'm doing, whatever. It's kind of like a sharing thing. But eventually it's like, oh, check out my new blog post. Who cares about your latest blog post, dude? You're just my friend. I don't care. Um, so, you know, then slowly I've weeded uh, weed myself off from sharing that stuff. Um, I really don't like I, I share stuff about my kids. Um, which I know can be annoying to some people, uh, but man, I, I don't share nearly as often as I used to. It used to be like a stream on a day of just random crap, like oh, I'm going to Home Depot, you know? Like it's just it's it's kind of funny. So I get the, where we're at now with Facebook. Where do you see Facebook in the future? So today it's about connection, consumption, and collection of information. What, what do you think it's going to be in a couple of years? Ah, man, I don't know. I mean, first of all, Good. I hate I hate predictions. I really do. Right. We try That's to look. That's why I wanted to say that. Yeah. I wanted to say that because part of, I think, marketers, they try to think that they're great predictors. And listening to you just say, what is your philosophy on prediction? Um, well, the world, uh, uh, life is fluid. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that are un- you can't predict, which is a good thing. Otherwise, it's <laughs> like we're in a uh, simulated, which I guess I've heard some people call it this, uh, simulated reality or something. Um, you shouldn't be able to predict it. There's there's too many things going on. But, uh, you know, it, all, all I know is the things that Facebook's working on and the direction we're heading. That's about all I know. That's not really so much a prediction. It's just kind of ev- it's evaluating trends. Um, so you can you can look smart just because you know more about 
um, what trends are, but that's not really a prediction. I thought you were going to go Bruce Lee, you know, and you said it looks life is fluid and you're the, a cup and you're water and all that. Yeah. Stuff. It's true. It's true, though. Like, <laughs> how, how could you have ever predicted this crap that's happening right now? It's crazy. The world is absolutely nuts. No, you can't predict. <laughs> okay. So, so we're going to stay on Facebook a little bit. We're going to keep on a little bit more. So, you didn't talk about the marketing side of why Facebook is what it is now. No, it shouldn't be. But, yeah. all right. So, that, all right. So, what if I ask you, what does marketing and Facebook have in common right now? What, what comes to mind? Well, honestly, so this is, this is the, the point where I think most marketers get it twisted, right? So, they think it's a place for them to market their business. I'm not saying it's not. But that's not the purpose of it. People don't come to Facebook to to wait to get marketed to by you, right? So it's a matter of finding your place as a marketer on Facebook with everything else that's going on and not standing out uh, as something that uh, doesn't belong Um, and and realizing that everybody's freaking there. Um, And so we can take advantage of that. Um, but I am, even though it's, yes, that is why Facebook is surviving to this day is because of marketing and advertising. Um, it certainly is not prior, you know, in terms of its priorities and its usefulness, a place to, to market to people. Uh, cause if, if that's where, if that became the priority, it would go away. It would be no more. Yeah, no, I agree. I like I like your your framing of of why Facebook sh- is, exists, and it's for marketers to find a place, not to just go there and market like crazy. And that that leads me into this idea of sleazy. I don't think that's your word. I think you use something else. I don't know why I always think. No, sleazy is one of them. Okay, so so tell me this: How do you keep from being <clears throat> sleazy? A sleazy marketer on Facebook. I don't know. I mean, I feel like all marketing can feel sleazy in the this, uh, the right context or the wrong context. How you want to look at it. Um, so it's it's kind of unavoidable to some point because you know some people just hate being sold to, and uh, and I get that. But um, you know, my goals are always first of all try to be in a frame of mind of just a regular person in terms of how I write copy. Um, you know, it's still got to be somewhat professional, but uh, it's like how I write copy, how I, how I create posts and all that kind of stuff. It's like, would a person, regular person do this? And if it's un- unnatural, you know, then that kind of guides me. Um, so that's me. And the other thing is I, I just, you know, and again, this is kind of my own core values and gut kind of guiding me, but it's just a matter of, I, I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it fits in well to be hard sales on Facebook. Um, I don't think it, I mean, being deceptive, you know, um, clickbait, you know, all that kind of trash. I, and it doesn't fit in with, the typical ca- casual conversations 
with family and friends and whatnot. So at least that's the way I approach it. I try to be um, transparent, straightforward. Um, one of the people is what I try to be. So, so no fake news campaigns. Jeez. <laughs> no. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's like uh, those who, who continue to try to like game the system and do that kind of crap, I don't know. They're going to get burned eventually if they haven't already. I've said it mm -hmm. a few times, but Facebook, they, they, they want to do everything they can to get rid of that garbage. And uh, so, it, and recently there was an announcement about um, categorizing certain pages that publish fake news. So I don't know how many times you need to publish fake news to be categorized as such, such a page where you're going to be punished severely. If it's just one, if it's 10 times, but it happened a year ago, I don't know. Uh, that's the kind of thing. It's like, dude, just do things the right way instead of trying to game the system all the time, and you'll be fine. Yeah, I like that. Doing them the right way, no hard sales, and don't be deceptive. And, and, you, now, can, and you can still run a business that way. Like I, I think a lot of people think, like, well, how the hell do I run a business? Well, obviously, I don't believe that. yeah. Well, obviously, <laughs> I've been able to do it. I mean, it, it may seem like magic and and mysterious and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I, I, you know, I thought about this the other day too, when I was I was visiting a web, website that's been around for a long time. It's been around for longer than mine has been. It's a social media site, and they had ads and just garb like trash ads, right? Trash ads all over the place. I'm like. Are you really making money off of that? Does it really benefit you to have those? Like, like even if you obviously make something, but it turns me off. And then does does it balance out? Is it really worthwhile to have that? Like, I don't. I just don't. I don't get it. Some of the things that. How do you? I, I I gotta know this because as you say that, what comes to mind is it the wording of easy money? How do you say no to easy money? Because that's what I think people believe that putting all these ads on your website and no. all these banners and yeah. links and affiliate link and all that, that that's easy money, right? It is now it's not easy big money. It's easy money. Okay. So it's, so, it's easy small money. Okay. But so I note note that the the site that I'm not happy with is one that is well established, has been around longer than I have. Where I don't understand why they're doing it. Now I understand why because I had uh, Google AdSense on my ad. I had sponsors where I had ad placements on my site for them. I get it when in the beginning, even though that's not big money, it's at the time it's big money. It's like because that was my pretty much my only money. Um, so I get that, but even in hindsight, I'm like, was that the right move? I don't know. Uh, it's it's tough for me because really, if I would have scrapped all that, I would have been getting nothing over the last 10 months, not our first 10 months or whatever it was. Not that uh, what I got was substantial anyway, so I, I just don't know. But uh, it, it surely is, you know, it depends on what you call easy money too because I had traffic. Not everybody has traffic. So if you don't have traffic, you got these ads all over your site, is it really worthwhile to get that $8.74 every month? So... I don't know. All right. I, I have to do this again because I want to see if this works. 
That sounds amazing. So I'm drinking some more Sunkist. Right. So, all right. Um, so I was going to ask you about your personal experiences and how you draw on those when you design a campaign, but you already answered that. You already said like, hey, I write copy and I post things that I would want to read. Now you didn't say that like that, but I kind of think that that's how you draw on your personal experiences when you design campaigns. Is is that true? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> look, uh, I don't know how much marketing stuff I want to read. So I think it's being sensitive to, you know, at least being something that um, you know isn't too forceful and doesn't push me away. It doesn't really doesn't encourage me to click the hide button. Um, but and really mostly just trying to be just trying to be me more than anything. Just trying to be a person as opposed to a logo, a brand, a company, someone who's trying to get your money. Yeah. You know, so. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So staying on the marketing conversation, and I know I'm going to make sure to be mindful today because last time we hung out, uh, we had to break out our session into two parts. And I think you told me that you haven't released the oh, second part. I'm going to release the second part. Just me patient. So, so I purposely want to be short now because I don't, I don't want that second part to just – get lost. I feel like it's going to be a lost recording <laughs> that comes back 15 years from now, the lost podcast recording. Yeah. But all right. So what makes you angry with today's marketing? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if angry is the right word. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> what annoys you, frustrates you, makes your, your, blood boil yeah i look at anything that's deception mm -hmm. annoys me it really does and i feel like there's a lot of unnecessary deception and and i know people some people will be mad at me for saying this but i feel like anything that for the most part is affiliate marketing related is rooted in deception and if if you're not doing it deceptively then you're one of the the, the minority um it's, it's again going back to are you acting like a person or mm -hmm. are you after after someone's dollar and don't get me wrong we're a business we're all trying to make money right so I know that's probably gonna be the counter but it doesn't mean we have to con somebody and get their get the dollar get the dollar right so <clears throat> um, yeah I think it's it's that it's like unnecessary clutter you know like with the ads and, and stuff on someone's site. Um, the thing that the, the, the word, the answer always that it works. So that's why I do it. <laughs> right. So, so well, re regardless of whether it's something, it's an experience that you think is a good experience. Um, regardless of whether you're proud of it, it works. So I'm going to keep doing it. I, I don't like that either. That's, that's a pretty typical marketer's response. I, and, and that answers the other question I had in my head, which was, what is the biggest lie in marketing? And to me, that's the biggest lie, that you go with what this idea of working, it works. Yeah. What yeah. does that even mean? I mean, I going into, I'd liken this to 
to guys that that cat call, you know, that they yell at women, holla, 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 Dave Chappelle. Uh, <laughs> and, and you ask them, why, why are you doing that? Because it works. Now, what does it works mean? One, One time. 50 times? <laughs> <laughs> One time it works. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. And all my experiences in marketing, all the companies that I've been at all these years, there is that lie that says if something works once, that it's right to do. Or, or, and, or not just that. Uh, look, you could come back to me and say, you know, was, this was a test. I made more money this way, blah, blah, blah. That to me is not a good enough answer either. Now, again, I, I get it. We need to run a business. And I get it. I'm a little spoiled because my business is working pretty well. But I guess I'm pulling from personal um, uh, history here and that it can, it, you can, it's okay. You can do it without being a complete douchebag. Um, at least I hope I've been doing it. <laughs> so I look, and I'm sure we've all had our douchebag moments, but um, I, I just think that you can. You can try to make money and do pretty darn well uh, without resorting to certain things. And I don't know. What's your take on this? Because as you say, the idea of, okay, when when somebody says it works and that means it worked once or for one person, this came up this week in some conversations that we've had on marketing goals. And... You know, what are your thoughts on how, how do you come up with marketing goals when you design a campaign? Because the idea of something working once doesn't equate to it being the best thing. And I think a lot of people would struggle with, with how to set marketing goals. Elaborate on that. How I set marketing goals? Yeah. Let's say, let's say your Facebook ad, ad, so you're designing an ad. And how do you know it works how do you know <laughs> how aren't you the guy that just says ah it works because i did that i mean do you do you set marketing goals i i more have expectations and uh but based on history so you know i think it's all it's all all in context it's necessary so for you know what i expect out of signups for a training program or or webinar registrations um or, or what have you? So it's it's based on history and what I've done before, and trying to do better than that, incrementally better. Um, and then you know, Facebook ads, same kind of thing. It's like my expectation for getting a click or getting a conversion is based on what I've seen in the past and what I know is possible, and so I can set goals accordingly. Um, how do you how do you personally react to when you don't? meet that expectation or meet that plan i don't know i feel like you're the one that should answer that because i don't feel like i care that much <laughs> i stop stuff <laughs> i do things differently <laughs> but uh i i don't i don't i don't think i worry that much about it do i all right so i will answer that because you handle it very well and there are a bunch of entrepreneurs out out there listening to this and campaign designers, Facebook advertisers, marketers, what have you. 
And I would say one of the strengths that you have is that you have this energy of indifference. And that energy of indifference, meaning that it's not going to ruin your day. And I think you react and not respond. And what I mean, the difference between that is responses are impulsive. Responses are, I get angry, I, you know, I'm upset. Reactions are, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to adjust this next time. Yeah. And, and, I think, and, and, I, and, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say no, that I, I think there are two different categories because you know I do get worked up and bent out of shape about things that didn't go according, but usually because of technology, like stuff, like I, was, I have a webinar and nothing was working and it just drives me crazy. Um, or, you know, a landing page wasn't working or you know, some software is not working, something like that. My website's down. Uh, that stuff can upset me. But just in general, I didn't reach a goal that I set. That, you know, this, this thing isn't performing the way I thought it was going to perform. It's, I think that's all about, okay, well, I did what I needed to do I, I, or I learned from it. You mitigate your, your risks, your losses, and you stop doing that and you do something different. And that's pretty much what I try to do. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So uh, one other thing that's coming to mind for me, and this is inspired by a book that I'm reading this week called Empower, and what's his name? David P-A-S-S-I-A-K Pasiak, I think that's his name. But but he wrote he wrote this book on how to create more collaborative communities, and that means communities that are more giving than taking. Uh, maybe there's some exchanging going on there, um, but more sharing and more caring. I want to segue into. what you've learned about communities and we'll just use the power hitters club through the years. And we'll talk to the elite, not the basic group because the basic group is the one that's less than six months old right now, but uh, the elite power hitters club, what have you learned about sharing, giving, taking what, what, what's come up for you? Well, I I feel like the the whole thing is kind of fun, funny to talk about because you know, I am not a, a, a community guy. Like, I'm not the guy who walks into a party of people I don't know and starts talking to them. I will find a, a corner and get on my phone or some, do something to distract me and probably not talk to anybody. Uh, and so in terms of like a Facebook group or community, what's interesting is that, and maybe that's just the way I've crafted it, but... I think it's also the best way to do it if you're creating a community is that you don't want it to rely on you. Um, so, cause otherwise it becomes, as we've talked about this before, like a NAS John forum or whatever it is, um, where people are just looking for answers from you and that's not a community. So I've intentionally, um, made it so I'm involved, but, I'm not, it's not so people are tagging me and asking me questions and this and that. They're, they're asking the community questions. So part of it's like uh, we, we try to establish some ground rules up front that, uh, that this is, you know, 
that that you should help people before being helped. That um, you know that's, that the more people you help, the more people are going to be willing to help you. And this isn't about you know driving people using this as a marketing tool for you that you're going to promote your business and you know, drive traffic and whatnot using it as a spam channel or something. Um, so, I mean, that's one thing I think <clears throat> not making myself a major part of it, just being one other person was important. Um, something I, you know, I've been experimenting, experimenting with, with PhD basic that I'll apply to main PhD, the PC elite going forward is just, you know, giving some pushes too. So like a, an email campaign, drip campaign, which kind of gives them a task every day to go into the group and do something specific. Um, so for people who may not be as comfortable, um, at least have uh, some directive on what to do to get involved. So yeah, there, there are people in there at PC Elite that have been in there from the beginning. So that's, mm -hmm. uh, boy, we're going on three years, I think. It's been a long time, whatever it is. And um, so, but it's not because of me so much it's the it's the the people have made it into something which is great yeah i i absolutely believe that it is it is a, a pretty cool peer platform and i think you know i've seen a, a lot of sharing i've seen people sharing techniques tools habits uh learnings um i've seen people ask you know ask questions and the community, I would say, leans more toward giving than taking. And I think, you know, that's been part of an organic. I mean, when we first started this years ago, I'm not sure that we intended it to be this giving. And fortunately, it has become that. And I think that there should be more communities out there that have a philosophy of give first, give first, give first, give first instead of expect, yeah. <laughs> expect something in return immediately. And I think that's part of a thing that turns me oh, off in marketing. Well, you it, know, that it, I mean, real, real, real quick, yeah. I mean, the people who don't have success in the community are those who hop in first day, ask a question, and it could be like this really complex, long post, whatever. Uh, complicated question they don't get an answer they don't get the answer they want and they get mad maybe they post it again still don't get the, get the answer they want and then they want to cancel so I mean, that happens it absolutely happens and when you think about it it just makes sense someone walks up to you you don't know and has this long doesn't doesn't ask you who you are how you're doing what you do in your business doesn't offer any help to you and just a, has a long complicated problem that they expect you to to solve for them like dude i don't know <laughs> you walk away probably um so and so i think that's it's a matter of having the right people having some stability um where you have have people in there who have been there for months or years who can help police that kind of stuff too it's like hey look man um might want to help other people first kind of thing um but yeah i have no problem with that turnover either if we lose that kind of person 
Yeah, and and I'd say what I see in perfect alignment with the Power Hitters Club for Elite and starting to be for basic is that I think these are people that you'd want to hang with, that you'd want to talk to. And the ones that are getting angry because they don't get what they want and they leave, those aren't the ones that you'd want to have a beer with or a sun kissed. That's right. So, so, so I say that because I think one thing that I've noticed is that you have a knack for being okay with people who aren't a fit oh. for the community leaving, leaving yeah. you're, you're, yeah, I said most people. And, and this is what I learned. I mean, and you know that, you know, I used to be head of marketing at Citibank and responsible for division of GE and AT&T and all these big places. And it was never told to us that it was okay to lose a customer. It was never told. We had to keep the customer no matter how disgruntled. If we could figure out how to save them and make them stay even longer, great. And as I reflect on that, by getting rid of, or not getting rid of, letting them go, it would have been more profitable, Mm -hmm. more fun, and more productive for us to just nurture the ones that that were more of a fit for us. Right. So I, I like that, that that's happened with, with our communities. And I'm pretty excited about it happening, happening with the new community that we have yet to launch, which is a community for entrepreneurs, for solopreneurs, for wannapreneurs that can go to a community to ask questions, to share what's working, what's not working in their business, their marketing, what have you. Um, but end of the day, you have to have some filters and, you know, some filters to have a community that you'd be excited about. So if anyone's out there trying to design a community, I think, you know, that's one of the fundamental things is to, to make sure it's a community that you want to be in. I mean, isn't that what power hitters club is for you, John? Yeah. And I, so when you got those people who doesn't seem like they can be happy and they're in your community, you've got to root them out. Like say, Hey, doesn't look like this is a good fit. Uh, let me give you uh, a refund or whatever, um, as opposed to waiting for them because they will removing them improves your your community. Keeping them in there if they're a downer and complaining constantly and high maintenance and not making it a better place is going to cause you to lose more money. So, um, and on the flip side, and on the flip side, but also if it's not a community. It's just a customer who, uh, you know, has bought something, whatever. If you don't fight them either, if they're not happy, just give them their refund because those are the people who are also high maintenance and they cost you in terms of work and hours and resources. So, um, I think I was going to go somewhere else with all that. I don't even remember. Oh yeah. But if, if, so since you brought up PHC, a couple things, uh, if you're interested in it, you can go to johnlimber.com slash PHC. You'll see options for both PHC Elite and PHC Basic. And the, I'll, I'll break it down all for you now, but all the explanations there. But if you would be interested in an entrepreneur's community, for now, just let me know. Uh, send me an email, info at johnlimber.com. 
Um, I've got free webinars that happen just about every month for, for entrepreneurs. I'm starting to write content every week for entrepreneurs. And I'm just trying to get a sense of how much demand there is for that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm out of my Coors Light here. You still got your sun kiss. I still have a little bit of sun kiss, but uh, is that, yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you call the waitress and get this tab. I, I assume that's the orange sun kiss. Is it? Because I think they call. Oh, it, good point. I think they have it other flavors now, don't they? Yeah, but you know what? When you're thinking about childhood, it's orange. The only one that I thought was orange. Then you've got what, what was the grape one though? Welch's grape. Come on. Come on. You can't talk to me about pop. Yes, I said pop. I am from Chicago. We don't say soda. We say pop. I just remember bottles of grape soda. And out of of machines. Ah, yeah. Crush. Crush I think think it was normally orange crush, though. I think grape came out later. But yeah, but you're you're from Denver, and that's, that's I'm not pretty, from that's pretty, Denver. What are you talking? Well, meaning you live in Denver, so the whole crush, orange crush thing, Denver Broncos. Oh, I hate the freaking Broncos. I hate. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I paid for your silly sun kissed, but uh, thanks again for being on. Um, where can people find you? Oh, well, they can find me on Twitter at backup CEO and BackupCEO.com. All right, man. Well, thanks again for being on. Uh, Until next time, do awesome things. We're out.